an image is very hard to keep the same. And also because it, it changes and evolves, we try to build on it, but it's always kind of falling apart too, as much as we're building on it. And yeah, I mean, it just becomes this kind of exhausting dance to keep it up. You know, I think yeah. everyone has a little bit of image, but when you're really like image focused, it becomes a really exhausting th thing to do. You know, it becomes like you have to keep up a lot of, you have to spin a lot of plates to keep the thing going. You know, you can't let them fall and you got all these things to kind of maintain. And then it's just like, where's the room for you? This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. You know, man, sometimes, sometimes trying to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about is just a big old wrestling match, you know, and man, did it take us a while to get here, but here we are. And it was interesting. It's like, we talked for like hours about all sorts of stuff. And then we tried to get really focused and we're like, okay, what are we going to talk about for this conversation? And initially we threw out some ideas of some topics we had and we're just going to, nah, nah, maybe, maybe. And then we went and talked for two hours and it all comes back to one of the ideas we had in the first place, which I find kind of hilarious. Um, so I feel like this conversation was a seed that was planted a long time ago, but then we had a big conversation, which gave it new context. And now we're here talking about it. And I think what's exciting for me about this conversation is it's one of those conversations where we're coming in, not really knowing what it is. So it's more of a discovery for us, which I think is kind of cool. Cause sometimes I think we come in and we're like, okay, we got some things to say. We have some opinions, some thoughts. <laughs> um, on this one, it's more like, let's open up to the idea. We know it's a thing, but maybe we can figure out what it actually is. And we know it relates to the artist journey or, or just kind of the philosophy of way of the artist, but we don't necessarily know what we're going to uncover through it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you're leaving it uh, to me. I mean, I guess people clicked on the title of the episode if you're listening to this one, but yeah, living up to your image. Um, yeah, man, it was a, it was a battle getting, getting to this one, but that's sometimes the way that the creative process works. It doesn't always just flow in magically like a, like a fairy through the window. <laughs> yeah. Taking you away to never, never land. <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's just like you got your shovel and your spade <laughs> and you're and you're just working the earth man and you're like we should we gotta keep going we'll hit we'll hit water at some point in time <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's, it was one of those I think, ones i think it's like you know the creative process is like that sometimes it's just this it's a bit of a grind it can be a somewhat of a slog. It's, it's not that our conversation was necessarily a slog, but there was a lot of head scratching and there was a lot of like, yeah, that's really good, but I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> um, At least in this moment. Yeah. And then, 
And then I think what's kind of interesting about it, I mean, we'll get into this in a moment, but like what was interesting is like we talked about all these things and then they all kind of came back to this, like living up to your image, but in a, like in a way that was so unexpected. Like I think if anyone was listening to the conversation we had to get here, they never would have really guessed earlier on that this is where we would have landed because it was so almost unrelated seeming at the time. And now in certain ways, you're like, well, actually that kind of relates. And we talked about a lot of things, like just to give people some context, we talked about, you know, freedom, what is freedom, um, choice. We talked about trust. We kind of talked about the relationship between trust and having choice and, you know, a bunch of other things, but those were an influence and yeah, an influence. Right. And those were all things that kind of played into this and it, yeah, it, it kind of brought us here. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, kind of what we're trying to get to is I think we're advocates of, you know, creating more freedom for, for the creative mind, you know, for the artist, right? And so how does this kind of living up to your image relate to that and choice and trust and, and all of that? So we'll try to get into it. Um, I know that. And I think I'm probably going to have a few unique discoveries, you know, as we go through. Yeah, we can always, we we always hope, right, that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that even more broadly speaking as well, like living, you know, I, I think you can look at, at the realm of like artists, artists, right? And when you think of something like living up to an image, um, you know, in many ways, like it's it's most easy to point out uh, people who who achieve a certain level of fame and celebrity and that sort of thing. And there's, you know, they have whole teams devoted to, (laughs) to image and, you know, publicists and, and stylists and, you know, PR people and all, all that kind of, all that kind of shit. Um, so there, there's, there's that element of it that's going on. Um, but really I would argue that that is simply like, it's like a bigger budget version of something that we're all participating in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it has been that way forever, as far as I can tell. Um, but uh, I mean, especially now, just with how much uh, social media plays a part in in all of that as well, quite quite directly um, in that, we're all involved. We all have these sort of online lives and, and personas um, that's somewhat of a necessity uh, in in our society today um, in which we're all required to sort of, you know, publicize and curate, <laughs> you know, parts of our lives for other people mm-hmm. um, who who might be interested. So that's a really interesting side to all of this. But even if we want to take it down from there, because if if, I don't even know if I necessarily want to get into a conversation about social media. Maybe we will. I won't rule it out. But, you know, for all of us, um, there kind of comes a point in in everyone's lives, which I would presume happens fairly early. I'm sure that a psychologist uh, who has studied this probably could could identify around what age this happens. But suddenly there is this image that um, 
we have to uphold, um, that we feel a certain kind of pressure to, to keep up, um, you know, not only, uh, for other people, but for ourselves. Um, there's a lot of really interesting things that are going on there. And I think that what we're kind of coming into this conversation with is how that, how that is such a, a, a detriment to, to our lives, how it can be such a detriment to our lives, how that can, um, really compromise us as people and it can compromise, uh, our creativity, not mm -hmm. simply as artists, but creativity in, in, in life itself, you know, which is essential to life. Creativity is such a, an essential ingredient to, to life. So I've, I've said a lot of things. I'm going to stop saying things. <laughs> Brandon, you say some things. <laughs> I want to say that, yeah, mostly the image becomes detrimental when it comes to things like freedom and connection and relationship and, um, you know, a lot of other things, it's, it becomes very detrimental and limiting and it, it actually restricts freedom and restricts choice because by not being fully truthful and honest about where you're at and, and what's actually going on, for one, you begin to believe your own image. You believe your own hype. And then you're, you're acting and behaving from a place that isn't actually where you're at. And that causes a lot of problems. You know, um, I use this analogy in, uh, the courses that I teach, but say you want to build a bridge from where you are to your dreams. The two problems that most people do is they start at the bridge too far away from where they actually are, which is their image. They start from their image, not where they actually are. And the other thing is, is that they don't build the bridge far enough because they're too scared to say what they really want. So they say what they think they can get. And so you build a bridge too short and people wonder why they don't, you know, achieve their dreams. And it, you know, I think the image is the first part of the bridge. You know, it's, it's, you're putting the bridge so far away from where you're at, you know, you have to get, you have to swim or travel without a bridge for so long to even get to where you are saying you are. And then if you ever do get there, well, it looks like you haven't gotten anywhere because you're still living up to that image. So that's a part of it. The other thing I want to say though, is I don't think the image is all bad. I think that there's a good side to it. I, I think that, you know, we'd be amiss if we didn't actually mention this, but like the part of the image is like, it's a bit of a game and you need it in nature and you need it in society and culture. And let me explain in nature. In nature, they're predators. And this is the same for the human race as much as it is for animals. The predator goes for the weakest link. The predator gets the weak one, right? Um, weakness is going to make you the prey, you know, in, in, in that world. And, you know, you, weakness is not acceptable in nature um, because the weak die. You know what I mean? Um, so image has a lot to do with making us not look weak and protecting us against that. And if you think human beings are the only ones that posture, <laughs> you just start watching the nature channel, man, you'll start seeing that there's all sorts of animals and they'll get hurt. They'll get injured or whatever. And they will act tougher than they are. They will act better than they are because 
um, they need the appearance that they are not weak, right? And so human beings do the same thing and we do that with each other and we do that in a lot of scenarios. So I think keeping that in mind, image has its place. It has a necessity. And, and, and I've said this before on the podcast, there are predators out there, people who will take advantage of you, manipulative motherfuckers, you know, sociopaths, psychopaths, narcissists, and others who prey on people who are weaker or more vulnerable, and they'll use things against you to get stuff from you. And, you know, that's something that we all have to navigate the world through. So it's not like drop your image and just, you know, always show your vulnerabilities at all times. I think you show your vulnerabilities to maybe yourself when you're alone and to the people who are closest to you that you trust. But I'm not saying, and I don't think you are either, that we sh- we just drop the image entirely and just walk around like totally like um, emotionally naked to the world. I don't think that's a good way to do life. Yeah. So I want to say that to start off. Yeah. And um, just uh, like just to comment on like your your uh, kind of animal um, reference as well. You know, because there are some, I, I think that there are some distinctions to be made there. It's like, yeah, there's some, there's some similar traits for sure. Um, you know, but for animals, it's like a lot of the posturing is almost always for, you know, reasons of survival. Or, <laughs> sex. One, or on, sex. Or sex, <laughs> which is in, in, in some respects uh, is a form of survival. It's yes. of, yeah. of carrying on, right? So that's when it comes up the majority of human image and posturing is, has nothing to do with that, you know? Um, yeah. The majority of it doesn't have to do with that. I agree. Yeah. It's an idea of, of, of certainly that we need to appear a certain way in order to be accepted because we are social creatures. We need to be accepted. We need to, um, you know, we want to have friends. We need to, you know, all, all there's, there's a number of arguments that we could, make um for why there's a degree to which we participate in it um for me i at this point in time i see it somewhat as um as a matter of convenience more than anything you know like there's an image i have an identity of some kind and it's really just it's it's so to a certain extent it's so you don't have to constantly explain yourself to every single person you meet all the time <laughs> you know like we can we can sort of take an abstract of you as a as a human being um but the challenge is is that um there's there's serious limitations to it um and uh we can we can become really I don't know. I, I'll. I was. I'm hesitant to use this word, but I. I think it is somewhat fitting. But like we, we can. We can become enslaved to it. We can become enslaved to this image that's sort of a product of our own um, thoughts and ideas and opinions of who we are, um, in combination with the thoughts and opinions of other people, our friends, our family, our culture, our society, all that sort of stuff, and um, having to live up to that um can be has has a lot of limitations something we should all be very conscientious about and and concerned about at at some level uh for my 
own experience, like, you know, full transparency. Like I was, I was sitting in, you know, in a, like I, I meditate daily and I was examining something that was coming up. Like anxiety is, is something that, um, I've dealt with, with, a within a lot of my life and trying to take more of an attitude of just being, um, sort of joyfully curious about what that thing is. And, uh, I was looking at some of my shit recently and was just like, I was like, oh, you care way too much about what people think, my man. (laughs) Like, this is all, you know, oh, well, like, why are you afraid to, to say this? Why are you afraid of this thought? Why are you afraid of showing this part of, of who you genuinely feel yourself to be? And it's like, well, I don't know what people would think about that. I don't know, you know, if I get really honest with myself, you know, because it's not something that, that it's not something that's flattering. You know, you don't want, you don't want to, it's so funny. We care so deeply in our society about what people think about us, but it's not cool for people to see that, that, (laughs) to see that, even though it's just everywhere. You know what I mean? Even though that we're all participating in this game, we all have to pretend like we're not, you know, like it's like, you gotta, you gotta have the image that you don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's like masturbation. Yeah. Like it's, it's totally like, it's such a, it's, you know, such it's like a weird, you can't, can't talk about it, but everyone does it. And you know, it's just, it's like, it, it, that's the funny thing about image though. It's like, uh, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think no, you're raising it, a, for it a really cool point, which is like, yeah, it's, it's something that we all kind of contend with. And yet none of us are allowed to talk about it with each other because we're all posturing. And it's like weird because, you know, for the most part, I think, I I do think you kind of, it's, it's, it's a gradual stage process. Like I, I think you probably care a lot less what people think about you than you did when you were younger, but you're not totally through that part of your journey yet. And I think we're all in various stages of this, um, letting go of what people think of us and maybe it gets more provoked in certain areas and little or whatever, and maybe a little less in some, but yeah, you brought up another really good word about that whole thing, the enslaved thing. And I think that's a really good way to, to, to kind of talk about this because yeah, it's like, well, where does this image restrict my freedom? Right? Like, like, cause it is, you do become a slave to it because once you kind of have it, you kind of have to live up to it. And, and sometimes you get an image that was bestowed upon you. It's not even something you chose, but people happen to see you that way. And then it kind of became your identity. So you kind of play into it. Like maybe you're the funny guy, you know, or you're, you're, you're the intelligent person, whatever it is. Right. And it's like, people start to live into these roles and sometimes they're, they're, they're not positive. Sometimes they're more negative. Like you're the edgy guy or you're the, whatever you're like the, you know, you're some, some negative thing, but people will live into those two and they'll kind of own it and they'll kind of actually make it good for themselves or they'll like empower it. Right. So, yeah, but then you become a little bit enslaved to it. And I think like, you're bringing up an interesting point because yeah, you're talking about it. And I think it's really cool that you're talking about it, but if it were that simple in most scenarios where we could just talk about it, um, 
it would probably be easier. But I think that a lot of situations don't really provide um, room for that. Um, if you're talking with friends and, and, and people that are just kind of collectively like accepting and you're in a good community, yeah, people will be open to it. But I think for the general public, like go online, you want to do that online and just say, blah, 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 blah. Like maybe your social community group will accept you, but if you get into the wrong, I don't want to say wrong group, but if you open it up to the whole wide world, oh man, like you'll see the ugliness, you know, of bearing your soul. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at just, you know, why so many people have create anonymous, you know, totally. IDs, right? They, they, you go about things anonymously because for that very reason, you know, um, because you want to hide who you are because you're afraid that, you know, of, of what would happen if people knew you were saying the things that you're saying and doing the things that you were doing. Um, yeah, there's a there's a huge reason for that. And I want to propose something. We're getting like it might be going really far down the the rabbit hole on this one. But because I'm I'm interested in this whole thing of like okay, so but so why are we participating in this whole image thing, you know, of of keeping up these images, keeping up these these uh appearances for for others and and um and for ourselves to an extent. And I think that it's got something to do with a sense of safety. I think it has something because, you know, this, this image that I've managed to kind of create and cultivate at this point in time has, uh, has gotten me a few things in life that are good, you know, like they're, they're, they, it's gotten me to a certain place and I've, heard it on more than one occasion and probably read it in a few others where it's, you know, we're not so much afraid of the unknown as we are afraid of losing what we have. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that that's part of, that's something that factors into this. There's like, well, if I suddenly, you know, start doing the things or being the person and whatever that I feel myself to be, um, these people might not accept me anymore. I might lose these people. I might lose these things. I might. And look, there's, there's definitely that, that, that possibility. I mean, depending on what, uh, sort of circle you find yourself in, in today's day and day and age and culture, this, you know, the, the ridiculousness of, of cancel culture and people not able to have disagreements and have civilized conversation is, is it's, it's fucking bonkers, man. Mm -hmm. It's totally insane. Um, it's not how we move forward as a society, just as my little soapbox moment there. But, um, you know, there, there are, I don't want to discount that there are, there are risks, you know, you being, you know, who, who you feel yourself to be and being honest and truthful, um, can come at a price. Uh, and, and we have seen that happen. Um, but I don't know. I think it's, it's an interesting side of this. I, I also want to say that to, on the other angle of, of being afraid of losing other people, I think that, that, uh, we also have a side of ourselves. There's a, a component to ourselves in which we like to hold people into their image as well. Yes. Um, 
because if if you start changing and doing things differently, I don't know if I can trust you. You know, mm. like I, it's, it's easier for me if you're just this person and you're always this person and, and that's just the way it is. It's, it's, it's another sort of kind of fear thing of, of control and whatever. So that's my, that's my sort of hypothesis <laughs> that I'm, I'm putting out there. Um, I don't know, Brandon thoughts, man, you brought up some good points. That's all I that's all I really have to say about that. I, I think that your hypothesis and, and your presentation of some of those points, I think, are are, are just really important elements to this conversation. Um, for one, I can really relate to um, the whole thing about not sharing my full self with, with everybody because there are certain things that like I'm interested in that I don't think people will be accepting of or be open to or they'll be judgmental of it. And so I don't talk about it. I'll, I'll mention one. Cause fuck it. You know what? If you don't like it, tough shit. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, and if you don't want to listen to this podcast, cause the way I think that's fine. But, but for example, I, I have an interest in firearms and I'm a supporter of them. I actually think firearms are a good thing. I also think vehicles are a good thing. You know, what kills more people than firearms cars, but yet people are like, no, firearms are bad. Well, you know, the thing is, is like, a firearm is just a machine, right? I could go off and I can tell you my opinions and I can share my thoughts. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, a lot of people, especially like people in the film industry, right? Like the, in spite of all the movies we make and all the shows we make where we use firearms and we use this stuff, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, firearms are bad, cancel them all, get rid of them, you know, and they're not even open to hearing a conversation. And, I look at that and I go, well, like, I don't tell you this. And lots of people don't tell you this because, you know, it's more popular opinion, at least in that community, not everywhere, but in that community to be anti-gun, anti-firearm. Um, but, you know, here's an interesting thought. And I just want to throw this out there. And I know this is kind of different from the conversation, but I think it relates. It's like, if all of a sudden you couldn't drive anymore and cars weren't allowed and it, it had to be automated, meaning that you could never control a vehicle again because somebody did something bad. Would you be okay with that? And most people, and most of the people who are anti-gun would probably say, no, they're not okay with that. That's what you're doing to people when you say anti, anti-gun. I mean, it's the same thing you're doing, right? So it's like, I think that image restricts us from having conversations and, and opening up a dialogue and actually connecting. And that's one of the great limitations of it. And that's just one of many interests that I have. And I don't share everything with everybody because I know that some people, they're just, they're set in their ways. They just, they're, they're programmed by the media. Um, they hear a story, they hear, a, a, you know, something and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's bad. And then they just kind of get it in their mind. And then all of a sudden someone comes along and they go, well, I don't agree with that. And it's like, all of a sudden, well, you're bad because, because you like something that I don't like. And it's, it's like, so I have to keep, I keep a certain image with people, not because I care what they think, because I'm kind of, I'm mostly beyond that. Although I do get caught every now and then with some things, but I'm mostly beyond that. But now I just do it. A lot of things I do are just out of social politeness. I just do it because I don't want to have an argument with people and I don't want to, 
I don't want to have a debate and I don't want to whatever. Um, but I've been in the practice of just saying like, you know what, Brandon, fuck it. You know, I think it's just because I'm getting older. And I think that also, I just don't care as much about what people think of me and it makes, and I, and I'm finding that people who saw things once one way are actually opening up to me, but that's me like having the courage to drop my image. Um, because here's the thing. I'm a part of the film community. I want to be accepted by my peers. I want to be in the group. I don't want to be the weird guy that, you know, like, I mean, I'll be, want to be weird creatively, but I don't want to be weird. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, against the culture to some degree, I want to still be part of the group. And I'm learning that I don't have to have the image to be a part of the group, but that's been a really hard lesson for me in that area. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate in their own areas. Um, but so you brought that up and you brought up some other points, which honestly, uh, at this moment, I don't forget what I was going to say about that. I forget what I was going to say. I do forget. I do forget <laughs> I don't <laughs> what forget. I was going to say about them. Um, that was hard to get out, but I think you brought up some really good points. And I think this is, you know, this is the kind of discussion I wanted to have where we kind of identify like what makes us keep this thing in place and what is it going to take to like, let it down, you know, to give us that freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that in this conversation, you know, both yourself and, and, myself there's already been a few things in which image my like my own personal image and your own personal image has has come to the surface in a point where there's a certain degree of uncertainty and and conflict you know um talking about meditating and um anxiety and worrying about you know how people you know what people will think of me you know just just saying that is was a thing of like sec there was a, a moment of of second guessing it as i was saying it you know what i mean of being like of like oh like do <laughs> that that image that ego you know jumps in there and says like are you sure you want to be saying this right now you know what might people think of you um just as you sharing you know what you shared is like there's there was a moment you know i you know could see people who were just listening you can't see but like you know there was you could hear it you know there was there was a little bit of a a pause there was a bit of a preamble sort of working up to just like all right i'm yeah. gonna say this i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this right totally yes um this it, it's such a it works in not in such subtle ways you know subtle or maybe not so subtle ways but like it's it's quite extraordinary how how present that is in our lives how much we we live with this thing this constant thing of um how are are people looking at me you know it's uh this was actually something that was a a really fascinating uh discovery for me in in acting and uh you know, the last play that, that I had done, uh, while I was working on it, I was also reading this book, which as a matter of fact, I'm rereading at this moment in time, uh, called Freedom from the Known by uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti. Incredible book, people. Just, you know, if you get anything from me ever, just read somebody else's book. Uh, <laughs> but there was this, this thing, and, and it has a lot to do with what we're talking about here, but um, 
the author was saying, you know, we are very, as human beings, we're very rarely in relationship to each other or with each other. We're more often in relationship to our image of each other and our image of ourselves. And I remember mm. reading that and going, and it became something that helped me understand my acting on a new level. Cause that's a beautiful thing about, you know, the arts and acting in particular, where it's like, there's most of what happens in life translates across into acting. It's they're usually what's true of, of one is usually true of the other. Um, but realizing just like, Oh, in every scene that I'm, I'm playing here with the other people that I'm in that, that are in these scenes with me, uh, these characters, uh, there's an image that I, I'm trying to put across to them. I want them to see me in a certain way. I want them to think of me in a certain way. And it changed, it's changed profoundly the way that I, I, I approach, um, how I, I, I work, um, as an actor. I'm going into a little bit of sort of craft speak regarding this, so bear with me, everybody. But, you know, like one of the big things that's taught in in acting is this idea of objective, that your character has an objective, something they're trying to achieve uh, in the scene, something they are trying to achieve in the course of, of the play. Um, just as like sort of a footnote to that, it's a massively misunderstood concept in acting, um, in my opinion, um, partially because of, of what I'm saying, because that discovery of sort of that relationship and image impacted greatly how I saw this thing of objective, where it was like, well, it's not objective is not just some sort of thing that I'm barging through with. It is completely relational to everybody that I'm with. And that has so much to do with the image that has so mm. much to do with how they see me because how they see me is going to determine how they treat me, whether they give me the things that I want the, that I want them to give me. It's so many, it, it impacted so many things, but it, it changed my acting for the better. in in my opinion, just simply because suddenly I was, I was, I felt much more um, dynamic and spontaneous and alive and present when I was in performance, because it wasn't about me after some arbitrary, um, you know, conceptual, you know, objective, but it was something that was, that was, um, had some sort of reality that was permeating underneath everything mm. all the time. Yeah. I can relate. I, I mean, I can relate to, um, particularly in acting, um, the image and stuff like that. And I think, you know, for a career, a career path like that and many others, um, it's your image does actually have something to do often with like what will get you auditions or roles or, you know, opportunities. And I think that acting is particularly challenging for people in that regard, because image parts kind of becomes your brand. It kind of becomes what you're known for. And, um, I think sometimes, you know, you can, I don't know, you can kind of like, you can become what you're selling in a way. And I think like, I see this in politicians, you know, like, uh, um, uh, I don't know. I, I think when I was younger, 
I, I was a little more duped, I suppose, by some politicians. Now I'm a little more, I think, wise to their ways. But I began to see um, the image that they play and who they actually are a little more. And um, I, I become better at being able to separate what they're saying um, from what they're doing. And, and, and they're, you know, getting a more holistic picture of a person. Um, you know, I think that uh, a good example of this is maybe to bring it back to something a little more um, tangible is being like in a, a relationship, you know, emotionally, maybe with a partner or maybe just with a friend. And um, there's a saying, if someone tells you who they are, believe them, you know, or if they show you who they are, believe them. Um, I was in a, I, I've talked about this in the podcast before, but I'll just mention again, because I think it has context here, um, being in an abusive relationship. Now, <clears throat> first of all, I didn't even know what emotional abuse was. Um, I didn't even know that existed. I'd heard of physical abuse. I'd heard of verbal abuse. I didn't know that there was emotional abuse and intellectual abuse apparently as well, but I ex was experiencing emotional abuse. Didn't even know that was happening until um, someone came along and pointed it out. And I was like, Oh, wow. I didn't even know that was a thing, but the relationship got abusive and it got more and more abusive and more abusive. And to the point where it was quite toxic and eventually it ended. And when it ended, I remember being like, why the hell did I stay in that so long? It was obviously so bad. Um, and it was so clear to me kind of like when it was over that it was so bad. And, and then all I could really focus on was like, well, why did I stay in something so bad for so long? At least in, you know, relative to me. Um, and I knew it was bad to some degree, but I didn't, but for some reason I still didn't leave, you know? And so, um, I think image kind of relates to this and maybe this is more about how we see others because I saw this person in such this perfect light. You know, I saw them, I saw, I always focused on the good things they did. I focused on how they had been in the past, um, maybe a nice thing they had done. And, and I, I really tried to not, it was like dissonance, you know, it's like, I'm just not looking at the things they were doing that were bad or abusive or manipulative or whatever. And um, I think that image is one of those things where it actually doesn't help us to relate to each other as we are. And you mentioned that earlier. And that was the big thing I wanted to bring up is that we're relating to the image of somebody. And so, mm -hmm. and a, I was in an abusive relationship because I was relating to the image I had of the person, not the actual person. And now that I'm out of that and free of that and kind of have awarenesses about that. I try to look at people more as the people as opposed to the image. But up until then, I'd say a lot of people I related to, including this person in particular, I related more to them through their image of, of what I thought of them or how they presented themselves. And I actually related to them. And I think that my friendships and my bonds with people have become so much more real and genuine as I've gotten older, because I stop relating to image and I start connecting to people as more truthfully as they are. Uh, and one caveat, I don't think you ever really truly ever fully know somebody, even yourself, but you do the best you can. Well, I mean, and yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's almost a different rabbit hole, but that's because who we are isn't stable. Yes. That that's a kind of a big fallacy. It's like, you know, we're, yeah. we're who we are moment to moment to moment to moment. And you've sort of been pointing that out is that, you know, 
when you're relating to someone simply as an image, you're relating to how someone was as opposed to how they yeah. are. Yes. And um, and it's interesting because, you know, that's you, you share one side of that, which is, you know, it resulted in something that was that was, you know, painful for you. Um, and but that can go another way as well. Um, there's a there's a story I share in uh, in a book that I have coming out. Oh my god, I'm plugging something. Um, Say the name of your book. Uh, the actors, uh, the actors' awakening. Yeah, I have a second title that I just settled on for it, and I'm trying to remember what the second title was for it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, expand, uh, expand your um, your acting and craft through a spiritual perspective. Um, coming out hopefully by the summer on Amazon. Um, but nice. anyhow, in in this book, I sh I share this one story that has a lot to do with what we're talking about, um, and it was a situation I I got together with uh, with a friend uh, at a craft brewery. This is a number of years ago when you know getting together was still a thing, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it had been a while since uh, him and I had you know, gotten together and, and really had a conversation. And at one point during our conversation, I, I had a, an, like a very conscious thought and response, like just, just internally with myself going, wow, I can't believe that we're having the discussion that we're having right now, just the, in terms of, of the topics and how sort of, um, you know, the, just, just the depth of the conversation was something that I'd never, I'd never had with him before. And it sort of, I, I realized at that moment that it's like, oh, this image that I had of him, you know, was, was unfair to a certain extent. It was just like, you know what, that's unfair. Like, like this is how I've always been seeing him, but there's a lot more to my friend who I've known for years than I, I've, I thought that there was, mm. you know, and, and so I think we do uh, a disservice to our relationships by not taking each other for, for who we are now in, in, in this moment. Um, not only because it can mean that we can, we can have a stronger relationship, um, for dropping those images, which I think is kind of in, uh, a fascinating aspect of this from where we started. Cause like, we're afraid of losing something potentially. It's like, yeah, but maybe, maybe it opens the door to something much, much bigger. Maybe you're not going to lose that friendship. Maybe you'll actually deepen that friendship, uh, by, by dropping those images, mm. you know? Um, but you know, it, your, your story also illustrates that there's a flip side of the coin to that, which is like, well, if you've got to take people for where they are, because otherwise you could be, <laughs> you could be staying in something that's really bad for you. Yeah. You know, you, you brought up another side, that other side of the coin. And I, you know, I wasn't really thinking about that, but I, I know that's true. And it's made, it's, it's kind of brought up some thoughts. Like one is, um, you know, that we need to remain open enough with ourselves and with other people about that we could be more than we think we could be and that they could be more than we know them to be. Um, 
and that maybe they just haven't had that moment to shine yet. Maybe they haven't had that moment, um, you know, to really show us what's possible. Uh, I had a, a friend come to an intro I did for one of my courses and I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm doing it. There's like 16 or 20 people there or whatever. So we were hanging out and, and he wanted to keep hanging out afterwards. I'm like, well, just come to the intro and then we'll hang out some more afterwards. Right. And the main shows go for at the time, at least they were going for like an hour, sometimes uh, maybe 40 minutes, maybe, maybe an hour and a half if people had a lot of questions or whatever. And so he's like, yeah, sure, man. He sat down, watched the intro and afterwards <laughs> everyone kind of left. And he and I walked out uh, around the corner of this building where it was. And he was like, where the hell did you learn to do that? <laughs> I was like, what? He was like, just stand up in front of people with that kind of charisma and that whatever. And he was just like going off. And I was like, well, I, it's just like, this is kind of what I do. And he was like, wow. He's like, that was awesome. And I was like, yeah, right. You've never, you've, cause you're my friend. I don't invite you to stuff like this. I'm not, you know, like I don't, you know, so I never really like, I'm not like Tony Robbins. I'm not like getting up in front of thousands of people and talking. Right. But I was like, um, it was really kind of cool. Cause I was like, wow, my friend is seeing something in me that he'd never seen before. And it kind of dawned on me in that moment that, um, well, not just the way that he saw me, but I also am like that with myself. Like there's things that I've had moments where I've I've shared stories on this podcast where I've done things and I've been like, where did fucking go, Brandon? Like you did this thing, but I, but up until that moment, I kind of saw myself as more meek or maybe like, like I didn't have that. And then the moment happened where it's kind of like, I mean, I just want to say like, if, if anyone has listened to me talk, they know some of my stories, but like when you're pinned in the corner and you got no choice, but to kind of like show up or cower, but really, you know, for me, there was no cower option. It was just show up to it and rise to the occasion. Uh, incredible, interesting things come out of you. Um, but I think that's kind of possible for everybody. And kind of what you've pointed out to me is like, yeah, maybe I'm not giving people the allowance to really um, believe they can shine as much as they can. Um I, I feel like I'm an advocate to kind of like want people to shine, but like, yeah, I mean, you know, people can surprise you, you know, they can surprise you and they, they can be more than what you think they are. And I think that's such a great side of it, you know, cause obviously the abusive relationship sucks. I mean, that's a, that's a, someone is not what you thought they were and it's not so good. But like that other side where I remember you telling me that story before, um, and I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. And like, what an amazing thing for you to be hanging out with this person. All of a sudden, your your friendship just evolved. And and I think that to, to your credit, um, you are open enough to see that and willing to accept that. Because I think sometimes people see greatness in each other, but they don't give them the grace with it. Um, so I think like, the thing you did in that story, because I have heard it before, but I think the thing is, is like you gave the grace of maybe this person is more than I think I know because you knew them for a long time at that point. So mm -hmm. I think it's our tendency to think we know somebody, right? Um, 
So anyway, I wanted to point that out because, you know, you granted your friend a freedom that he didn't have before. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in some ways it was, it was just sort of, it kind of happened, you know, it wasn't something I was actively trying to do. It was like just something that I was suddenly struck by. Um, And it just kind of gave me an awareness of just like, oh, you know, like maybe I should become more aware of this (laughs) (laughs) with my other relationships, you know, and, and um, yeah, yeah. You know, just as you were talking, a few things were, were coming up for me, which is that, you know, with, with this whole thing of, of image, um, with our own image and, and it more broadly, generally speaking, but like with ourselves, it's like, you know, people might never, if you don't learn to drop your image to a certain degree, people might never really see who you are or know who you really are. Um, and, but you might never really know who you are by not doing it either. You know, that's, I think a huge, you know, it's almost like a cautionary tale <laughs> to yeah. an abbreviated cautionary tale. You know, people might never know who you are and you might never know who you are by, by trying to keep up these images. And another thing that, that occurred to me is that, you know, kind of within what I'm saying here is, is, uh, is fear again this um the image that we're creating out of fear or the image that we're creating out of something else entirely um because the image we create out of fear is 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 a safety thing right um but oh where am i going with this there was somewhere where i was going with this i don't know it's like because there's an image that that comes about I don't know, in some of those enigmatic figures of of time where it's just like, you know, a lot of the time they're wildly successful people, um, but they're just so hard to pin down. You know, you're just like, whoa, like unpredictable. They're 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 doing this and they're doing that. And it just it doesn't seem they 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 don't seem to fit a mold, you know, like they're. I think we talked about this a little bit with um, when Dan Hines was on, you know, like they just people who refuse, you know, they 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 have such a powerful, um, I I because I can't think of another expression, but almost sort of like soul directed life, you know, I mean that that we can't we can't put them into a box. There's something about them that refuses to be put into this place, and they're these figures who are just so kind of um mysterious but uh so there's a kind of vitality to them you know and and these figures emerge in in every sort of generation you know i'm trying to think of like uh what for some reason for some reason like richard branson pops into my head right now you know it's like here's this kind of crazy billionaire who (laughs) goes Mm -hmm. off in balloons and does all kinds of weird and crazy shit you know and and um you know, I, that's the only one that's jumping to my mind now. But, you know, there's these, there are these figures who who don't seem to be particularly concerned with how people see them. And they seem to walk with 
a tremendous degree of freedom. I think that's what you're kind of pointing out is that's the benefit of having freedom is that you have options that most people don't have. You know, I think that that's, that's the downside of an image, an image that you curate or an image that you try to live up to or an image you think you need to be a part of. It actually limits your options and you you get enslaved to it. And then you are restricted to act within it. You have to act according, accordingly act according to it. Um, and I, I think like there are, there are people out there and although others may have an image of them, another might have a drastically different image of them, you know, and like, for example, one of my favorite people in history, at least as far as acting goes is Marlon Brando. And some people look at Marlon Brando and they go, Oh, greatest actor who ever lived. He created the natural form of acting. You know, And there's other people who's like, that guy is a crazy fucking lunatic. Like, who had no self-control. Both are actually kind of true. But, um, you, you know, uh, the one thing that I really admire about him, and I don't think he had a perfect life by any means, um, but there was an authenticity to his choosing, in my opinion, of, of the way that he went about his life. I mean, um, you know, just certain things he did or, you know, and it wasn't perfect. I don't think he always made the right choice. In fact, I think he made some really poor choices. But if you listen to him later in his life, he had a lot of self-reflections about, you know, what it was like to kind of all of a sudden just be like a little kid with the candy store open to you and you could have anything you wanted. And in fact, you could have everything for free and it was all just being handed to you and not having discipline and not having parental guidance and, um, not feeling loved and how almost irresponsible it is to give someone that type of options when they don't have the awareness or, or wisdom to know how to use it. And, you know, I think like we look at a lot of movie stars and people like that, you know, whatever rich kids, maybe (laughs) this is funny, but we look at them and we're like, Oh, what an asshole. And it's like, well, yeah. I guess, but also like, maybe they didn't know how to handle the power that they just got handed to them. Maybe they didn't know, you know, and I'm not saying it's okay what they do. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm also saying like, like maybe that is not um, them. Maybe that's a product of like what happens, you know, like when we don't have guidance, when we don't have wisdom, when we don't have direction, you know, um, I think we make and it's kind of Evan to bring this around to my point here. I think we all want freedom. I think we all want autonomy. I think we like to have a certain amount of power and control over our lives. But what if you had ultimate power, control, autonomy, and freedom? Would you even know what to do with it? And would you be influenced um, to maybe do things that you wouldn't really do if you were really like acting from a place that was really truly connected, you know? And I think that we all make mistakes. We, we all do things that um, we flub. We, 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 we do things that are wrong, bad even. Um, but, you know, I think also trying to understand that maybe that's not the person, maybe that's the person in the position they're in. Maybe that's the culture they're in. Maybe that's them within the 
power they were granted that maybe they shouldn't have had that much access to. Um, and I think that's just kind of devil's advocate to the other side of it is that I think sometimes we have to pay for the consequences of the actions we take. But I also think that sometimes the actions we take are not always the actions that we would take given the choice, given, given the ability to know better. Um, so I, I think sometimes, you know, like I, I'm going off here, but like a criminal, for example, somebody who's been put in prison in, in Western culture, we kind of have like, well, you once a criminal, always a criminal, you know, but maybe that was a kid who did something really dumb and grew up in the ghetto, you know, and then got rehabilitated and kind of is coming out and trying to make something of themselves, you know, but we're so quick to say like, well, you did this thing, you're bad forever. You know, and I, I you know, they don't do that necessarily in like Nordic uh, countries or um, in the Eastern countries as much. Um, although some of them are even worse. I'm not yeah. saying it's better, but you know what I mean? Like image and the labels we have can become extremely restricting. And also they're not accurate always in every way yeah yeah moral of the story is we should all be highly skeptical yes <laughs> <laughs> about these about this sort of image uh this image culture that we're all participating in we should all give some serious pause and thought to um to all of that because yeah like it can it can compromise, you know, uh, it can compromise the, the lives that we pursue. It can compromise, um, the integrity that we feel in our bones. Mm. You know, that's a really terrible one. That's a really bad one. What do you, you mean? Know, I, I love, I love to hear you go into that a little bit. I mean, I don't know whether I should share that story. <laughs> maybe with that you don't have to share the story but maybe like your un your understanding of that because there's something about that that kinda... well i mean so i i i can i i can probably put this in a more sort of general sense but um i've had experiences where i've felt because of certain images i felt that i've had to uphold um of myself um and and the sort of identity as associated with that, um, where I have made decisions uh, that were against what I knew, that I knew, like at my core, were, were not was not the decision to make. Mm. I, um, I understand. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all I'm really trying to say. Um, is that yeah? But, but you make yeah. the decision like you make the decision because like maybe there's some type of pressure or obligation or yeah you know some i'm supposed to do this yeah. you know it's like, yeah oh, i'm supposed is, to do this yeah, I i'm can supposed to, to do this sure. yeah, yeah like because this is how people see me or this is what you know someone in my sort of category of person um is supposed to do this is what i'm supposed to want this is what i'm supposed to you know all of these supposed to's um even despite that sort of just that that you know that pit in your stomach that says like just don't don't <laughs> you know it's like you can you can but 
like this goes this goes against something that's core to your nature mm-hmm. you know and you know the lesson is learned you know obviously <laughs> in any situ- any situation that i can recall that fits the the criteria that we're talking about um you know it's so but it's it's a painful one it's a painful one to to go against that that part of yourself it's a really painful thing to it's it's a tough thing to grapple with um and and for me has in every instance has taken time has taken a great deal of time to to kind of come around on um yeah and i've learned more and more it's like okay you trust that thing trust that thing in the pit of your stomach because <laughs> because you know the consequence to that and it's no consequence that necessarily is going to come from some other person because you know there's nothing i didn't do anything nefarious in the sense of like anything illegal i didn't abuse someone i didn't you know what have you but it was something that just for me like within my own self was just like no this isn't right this is not right for you um so yeah the those moments are those are those are some serious gut check moments and i've learned to listen to them uh (laughs) as i've gotten older too because it's like yeah okay i've experienced that uh I've experienced that enough that I I know to listen. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that gut check thing, I think is, is such an important part of learning, guiding your own life, you know? Um, and, and there are people out there who kind of, they, they like to take that position of like, well, you know, you have these gut instincts, but like, you know, how often are they really right? And it's like, you know, part of learning how to trust your gut instinct is about actually doing it wrong so that you know what the feeling is like. And then the next time you've learned. So learning to trust your gut isn't going to get, you're not going to get out of that 100%. You're just going to have this gut feeling and you just know what it is when you're born. It's something you learn and you have interactions um, sometimes with yourself, sometimes with other people or situations and it's usually the times where you didn't trust it, but you had kind of a feeling and you go, Oh, and then the next time that feeling comes up, you kind of have a a recognition and a relationship to it. And sometimes it takes us many times before we'll trust our gut feelings, but that's an important part of it. Mm -hmm. I have this, um, and I kind of want to mention that because I have this thing that I do like in my courses, for example, um, which is, it's all about, being authentic in like your vision and your expression and what you're trying to do. And I always ask my people that I work with, I'm like, well, what animates you? Like, like, cause it's, cause there's the you that you think you are. And I think this is kind of the image, but like, what is watching you do that? This is this, this thing inside you that sees everything you do. And, and, the, and I tell you why I know this, because if you do something bad, and you get away with it and no one else knows and you got away with it at the end of the day, you're still going to have to face yourself in the mirror and who knows that you did it. Who's that person watching you in the mirror knowing you did it. That's what animates you. And so you got to listen to that thing because if it really is just about you in this life, doing whatever you're doing, I mean, that's how sociopaths do it. That's how the psychopath does it. They don't have a good connection to that thing. Right. Um, It's, it's that lack of, it's that lack of self that actually in a lot of ways allows them to do that. But for the empaths out there, for the people who have some connection, 
Um, you don't do it because you know you did it. So you don't do it. And it isn't about getting away with it. And, and, and actually take that even further. It doesn't just make you moral and ethical and a good person, but it actually is the magic sauce inside of you that's going to allow you to create and animate yourself in a way that is totally unique and totally special and totally original. Um, and I think that, you know, um, kind of like what you're talking about is that's that guide. You know, we need to have that internal guide um, and it needs to be more, we need to value it more than we do our image because the image only cares about, did I get away with it or not? But the true self knows. And, and the way you look at yourself at the end of the day, regardless of how other people see you, inescapable. Yeah. It, um, I have a saying that as far as I know is, is an, an original saying, but I'm sure the sentiment has been carried by someone at some point, but, uh, we can, we can convince ourselves of, of anything, but fool ourselves of nothing. Hmm. And I think that speaks to kind of what we're, we're talking about here, which is just like, yeah, you can convince yourself. You can, we can talk ourselves into all kinds of stupid shit, Yes, <laughs> but we can't fool ourselves either. No, we can't fool ourselves. Like, cause most of the time those decisions are made and then we go, she's like, I knew it. <laughs> it's like, I knew that was a bad decision. I had this feeling and I didn't listen to it and whatever. It's like, that's yeah. That's that part that you can't fool. Mm. There's just, there's a part of us that just knows there's a part of us that just knows. Yeah. I, you know, I said, actually, it's funny. I, I was, um, uh, this was with a girl, this is actually with the toxic relationship that I was in. And I remember I pointed this out and I said, you know, cause there was talking about like, cause we were distant and whatever, like distance between us. And I was like, we were talking about, you know, just kind of our connection and our loyalty and infidelity. And we were talking about all that stuff. And I was like, you know, we're both good looking people. Like you could sleep with somebody. I could sleep with somebody. This is not, this is not going to be a problem for either of us. Like, and you're, you know, we're younger and man, like there's, there's plenty of options. Right. And we were talking about it. I was like, the thing is, is that if one of us did it, we'll know we did it. And that will be the problem. Cause we might, you might be able to get away with it. I might be able to get away with it, but we'll know we did it. And then we'll have to live with that. And the thing is, is that that will always be a thing between us forever in our relationship to ourselves through each other. And they were like, Oh, and it like hit them. And I thought, you know, that's the profound thing of having a relationship with self. When you're so aware that, you know, the bad thing you might do could do, you have the option of doing, you wouldn't do it because you know that that doesn't just go away if you get away with it. But I think a lot of people, they don't have a good relationship with self. That's why they often do stuff like that. And, and they don't realize why they're being tortured by it. And the only way out of it is admission and acceptance. And you have to forgive yourself, which is a whole thing, right? Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like religion has tried to talk about that for fucking ever. That, you know, like your relationship with self 
and and they use spirit and God and all this type of stuff, you know, in various ones, they use different analogies or ways of talking about it. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's all the same thing. It's really just a relationship with yourself. And um, the good person doesn't just follow rules. They do things because they have a connection to why they do things. So, you know, um, image is really a lot of bullshit, but it's a tool and we use it. And I'm not saying don't use it, but at the end of the day, understand that it's a tool that isn't real. It's just a tool. Um, yeah. I have some more things to say about it. Um, I don't want this to carry on too long, but I want to say one other thing about image and I just mention it and we don't have to get into it, but, um, power is a big thing. Like love and power are such big things in our culture. And we see nowadays a lot of abuse of power because power is hard to handle. And when you don't have a relationship with self, you're more likely to abuse power in my opinion, because power gives you the ability to do things that maybe others don't have. And a person who's responsible in power doesn't do them because not because they, they could get away with it because they know like they have a relationship that it's not good. It's not about like being good or bad and how people will see that. It's like, cause that wouldn't matter. Sometimes you have so much power, you can get away with stuff and no one would ever know you did it. But people who don't have a relationship with self are going to be more likely to abuse that power because it's all about image for them. It's all about what, how they're seen but they'll pay for that consequence later unless they're the only acceptance is unless they're like a narcissist or sociopath or psychopath or something of that nature. Right. Like any normal person, any person with the ability to have empathy and connection to another as well as themselves, your actions will be with you for the rest of your life. And you'll have to find some type of, um, relationship to them. You'll have to repent. You'll have to figure it out. You know, maybe that's your God, maybe that's yourself, whatever it might be, but, um, you're going to have to forgive yourself if you do something that you know is bad and you know, was not who you wanted to be. Um, sorry, Evan, I'm, I got to say this one last thing. There was something I Go did for it. and I think this will hammer the point home. There's something I did and I was really embarrassed about it for, you know, probably a few years. And it was a secret and I just did this thing and I just really was not happy that I did it. I was ashamed. It's probably the best way to put it. And I just never wanted to tell anyone that I did it. (laughs) I was just so embarrassed and I just thought so poorly of myself because of it. But I just tried to pretend it wasn't there, you know, and I walked around through my life and I did my best. But then there came an opportunity, a moment where I could share it. And I just was like, I can't. I can't keep the secret anymore. I just, I need to tell somebody, I need to come out about it. I need to just tell this to another human being and just fucking face the consequences. And I was so scared to say it. And then when I did, I fucking started bawling. Like it was just like, because I felt like I hurt this person so much. I probably didn't hurt them nearly as much as I was hurting, but I was hurting you know, and maybe I didn't even hurt them because I don't even know if they know that I did it, but I was hurting. And someone said to me, um, I forget what they said exactly, but it was along the lines of like, was that what you really wanted to do? 
And in that moment, I was like, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Like it wasn't who I wanted to be. And I remember like, I did it because someone hurt me and I was kind of carrying a chain of hurt. You know, they say hurt people, hurt people. And in that moment I realized like, yeah, I did a bad thing, but like, also I was doing it cause I was hurt. And I'm not saying that's an excuse. And I'm not saying that, you know, my act was not, um, I had to face my demons because of it. You know what I mean? But everybody has stuff like that. And, and that's why I'm saying is sometimes we take action that isn't actually the way we would be, but maybe your parents hurt you. Maybe your past relationship hurt you. Maybe a friend hurt you. Maybe some situation hurt you. And, and then we, we do, we take actions and we justify it by these things, but they aren't really us. And, and I think part of um, this conversation is finding a relationship to self. I think that's the big thing that I'm realizing is because your image is, is not actually having a relationship to self, right? Um, because it's fake. It's kind of presentation. It's kind of false. So my presentation was, I never did this act, but then my admission of that act broke that image, but it got me to have a relationship myself, healed that, and then be able to move on and not be tortured by it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, just to, to piggyback off of that a little bit and, you know, image is, you know, we, we live in a world of, of images and, uh, and to a certain extent, it's, it's unavoidable. I think it's just, there's a certain sort of attitude towards image that there's a confusion of, there's a confusion around image, which is, um, again, it's something that we, we look at and we think of, and we try to keep as some sort of, um, stable form. Um, but it's not image is, is, is a fluid thing. It's moving. It's, it's shifting. It's, you know, it's, it's a dynamic thing because that self that you are talking about, you know, the, the big self with the, with the capital S, mm. you know, that's, that's a moving dynamic changing thing like life is, you know, that's kind of, maybe that's a way of putting it. It's the, it's the life, it's the core life that is in with that is within each and every single one of us and life is change that's another thing we want to talk about like sort of spiritual philosophical wisdoms throughout time change it's like what like the only sort of constant that there is <laughs> the only constant yeah. is change and we are that change we are change um and the problem is is that we get into these weird conflicts because we're trying to fix what is changing. We're trying to fix what is unfixable and it makes us fucking crazy <laughs> for good reason. We're, mm. we, we're, we're, we're trying to do what is actually impossible. You know what I mean? I do actually, because you know, it's like, I think a lot of the time we're trying to maintain an image and we're trying to keep it. And eventually like image, the image that we're trying to curate and hold, eventually it kind of deteriorates from what it was and it becomes something else. And sometimes it's, it's destroyed just destroyed all the time. Yeah. Constantly. Sometimes it's just getting older. Sometimes it's just, you know, just the change of life and, and situations and whatever, but like an image is very hard to keep the same. And also because it, it changes and evolves, we try to build on it, but 
it's always kind of fallen apart too, as much as we're building on it. And yeah, I mean, it just becomes this kind of exhausting dance to keep it up. You know, I think yeah. everyone has a little bit of image, but when you're really like image focused, it becomes a really exhausting th thing to do. You know, it becomes like you have to keep up a lot of, you have to spin a lot of plates to keep the thing going. You know, you can't let them fall and you got all these things to kind of maintain. And then it's just like, where's the room for you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like one of like the, I think one of the big ones that we come up against and, and you know, it's probably about just about time we wind this one down, but you know, I just think of like a big thing that everyone deals with. It, that's normally an image struggle for us is particularly in North America. Um, but is, uh, is, or, or the Western world. I, I don't want to put any limitations on that, but the image of youth of uh, this, this thing of, of getting older and, you know, this sort of clinging and grasping to our youth that, that happens so often. And it's just like, but it's done. You know, like it's, it's, it's like, yeah, you were, you were that when you were 22, <laughs> that was you when you were 22, but this is you now at 36, this is you now at 48, <laughs> you know, like what, whatever the hell it is, it's like that, that's, that's you now, that's not your, that's not the image of you anymore. Mm -hmm. It's changed whether you like it or not, <laughs> but that image is gone. You know, but it's interesting how clinging to that image creates so much pain. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brandon. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking beer. You're drinking beer. I think. I am. Um, what are you? Well, what are you having? All right, I, I will go first. Um, this is from Hoyne Brewing Co. Um, Carte Blanche is what this is called. And it's a Belgian white IPA. Oh, I don't, I don't think we've ever had this one on here. I don't but, think so. Nah, but it's got a cool can, and um, it's 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 tasty. I like it. Um, I would recommend it. I give it two thumbs up. It has six percent alcohol. It tastes pretty smooth. It's got a fair amount of hops in it, but honestly, you don't. Well, I, I'm finding that I'm not overwhelmed by the hops, even though like on the rating scale, it's like colors really low, malts really low, hops is like fucking top of the charts. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, nah, it's, it's kind of a good little beer and I've been enjoying it. So there you go, Evan. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking a peach ale called uh peach bod <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny yeah no that, that is that's kind of not really a good bod <laughs> no it's not it's not uh for everyone listening it's like a it's like a it's a peach in uh like a swim shorts on the beach and uh he's got some guns but uh you know he's a peach so he's yeah. kind of he's kind of round yeah uh <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't help, but, uh, I was like, oh, that looks great. I'm going to just go for it. Um, it's from parallel 49. Nice. They always have great. funny pictures on their beers. Yeah. And they yeah. make a lot of good beer. 
Um, and it's delicious. It's really good. I always like, I always, I've always liked peach in beer. I always find that's a good, good mix, but I, that's just because I'm, I love peaches. What can I say? <laughs> it It is kind of unusual though, that, that peach and beer are just a fantastic combination. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. I, I always find, um, I always find when they do a little fruit mix in there it's it's always about the right balance because like if it's just enough to give it a little flavor it's good but if it's too much it kind of becomes like all about that flavor that they put in but i I find yeah this one strikes a really good balance nice yeah it hits it real nice so all right sir let's 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 call this one let's let's wrap this let's wrap this baby up uh you first or me um I mean, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go. I don't know what All I'm right. going to say, but <laughs> but I'll go. Uh, no, I've this is this conversation has really uh, has really kind of surprised me, um, especially since it was a bit of a slog to to even just get to having a conversation that we recorded. Um, but I don't know. This has really opened up. Um, just I don't know. I have a a more I appreciate more the impact of of image on on my own sort of day to day life and and how much that actually comes up in my life, how much that that becomes a problem <laughs> in my life, an issue. And I guess for me at this stage, it's really about uh, not not seeing it as something poor, not seeing as not, not being judgmental about that when I'm aware of it, but just acknowledging it, just, just becoming, um, more and more in tune of, of when the fearful image that I have, you know, that this sort of image that I have established of myself that I'm, I'm afraid of, of losing, that I'm afraid of, um, you know, appearing in, in some other way that could potentially be perceived as negative, which, you know, as I talk about it more and more, it's just like, oh, that becomes such a weird convoluted conversation to, to even have. But, um, just, just becoming more conscientious of, of, is this, am, am I looking at this? Is, is this anxiety? Is this decision? Is, whatever it is that I'm experiencing, is this coming from, from that fearful image or is this coming from that self that mm. we talked about? You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. That's, that's, that is great. That is a great way to, that's a great tool that I think we can all take uh, myself included from this conversation is to ask that question. Is this my image that's making this choice or is this myself, you know, this is my true self. And, you know, thinking back to that moment I shared where, you know, maybe I did something that wasn't really what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Um, you know, we've all had our moments, I'm sure. Um, and if I would have had that ability to ask myself, is this what I want to do? Or is this what my image wants to do? Maybe I could have rescued myself from a choice that even at the moment, I mean, if I'm honest with myself, I knew it wasn't really the right choice, but I was caught in the inertia of my pain, you know? And, um, 
I'm not making an excuse. I take full ownership, you know, even though I haven't talked about what that was, but you know, it's like, I feel like, um, it's human. I feel like, you know, that's, that's part of life. You know, I, I personally, and I just want, I guess I want to, I guess this is my final note is that it's part of the human experience to be scared. And I think image, it maintains your fear more than it maintains your, your passion, your joy, your purpose, your direction, your, your, your true animated um, expression, you know? So if you feel limited in your confidence, if you feel limited in your expression, I think that you got to look at your image and say, well, how are you holding me back from this? You know, how, how am I honoring you more than I'm honoring what's inside of me? Because I think for me, um, I'm, I I've had an interesting journey to get to this point in my life. And I had some really great, high, wonderful moments of my youth, but I feel like now I'm truly at the best place I've ever been at in my life because, you know, and, and you know this about me because it was only a few years ago where I started to actually for the first time really start to be able to like hear my own voice and like listen to my true self. And it's caused me to make choices that I think have really given me the ability to, to be more who I really am deep down, whatever that is, you know, and I feel like that's a discovery that's happening every day. And I've been more willing and more courageous to band, abandon the image and let that go and not like make that um, a bad thing because I can't appear the way I want to appear, you know, cause I won't lie. I still want to appear a certain way. You know, I still have that desire sometimes to want to like, almost look better or look cool or whatever. Cause I know that like, and here's the thing image can get you stuff. It truly can. You can, you can kind of do it and you play that game and it can kind of open some doors and get you some things, but that letting it go and finding a sense of self, even though you have to go through that period of maybe not getting those kind of quick wins it's just so worth it. And that's that's kind of where I hope everybody who walks away from this conversation, I hope that you'll be willing to kind of ask yourself, I think what Evan pointed out, is this my image that I'm trying to act out? Or is this what I really want to do? Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.